Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn and has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. An Erio's original. I'm going to try to have like a really good voice. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Web Crawlers, the podcast where we do a deep dive into some of our favorite unsolved mysteries. Each week we will introduce our topic, lay out our research and findings, reveal some conspiracy <laughs> shit. I was trying to do a good voice because we get so many reviews about how annoying my voice is. But listen, I can't I can't read and monitor my voice at the same time. So sorry, guys. Reveal some conspiracy theories and conclude with our own hypothesis. Who knows? We might even solve the case. I am Ali Siegel. And I'm Melissa Stettin. <laughs> and I'm producer Maria. <laughs> Melissa Velvet Voice Stettin. <laughs> uh, Web Crawlers has a Patreon to get access to rewards bonus episodes, shout outs, merch discounts, please go to patreon.com slash webcrawlers. You can donate as little as $2 a month to become one of our bimbo patrons. Also, Melissa, didn't we just do a merch um, sale for Black Sunday? (laughs) Yes, for Black Sunday. I figured we would do the sale until Christmas, like for the next few weeks, just 20% off everything in the store and it's automatically discounts automatically applied oh sick no no code or anything no code it's just everything's 20 percent off. amazing look what we do for you guys go to webcrawlerspod.com yes or hothorse.horse if you're nasty um (laughs) please rate and review us on apple podcasts if you give us a five-star review screenshot and dm it to us and we will shout you out on the podcast um also erios has a hotline 626-604-6262 lot of cries for help on there. A lot of messages. <laughs> a lot of messages not even for us, like people leaving messages for other listeners. It's a great time. Just call. Whatever it is you have to say, just call. We appreciate it. Keep them coming. We will read them or play them rather on our mailbag episode. 
Um, Melissa, what is our episode for today? Well, today, this was actually suggested by pod favorite friend of the pod, basically member of Web Crawlers, Daniel Tana. God, he just really, he's like a Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. I know, right? Daniel, Daniel, Dantana, Dantana, Dantana. So this is considered one of Australia's most famous unsolved mysteries. Wow. I wonder if it flushes backwards. <sighs> okay. As I was saying. <laughs> so in 1948, the body of an unknown man was found on Somerton Beach in Australia and a piece of paper with a cryptic message was found sewn into a secret pocket in his pants. Who is he and how he died have remained a mystery for almost 70 years. Was it suicide or murder? Was he poisoned? Ooh. Or was he actually a spy? Oh, my God. Oh, let's get into it. One of Australia's most baffling mysteries is being re-examined. They found this little tiny piece of paper inside his pocket and had a strange code on the back, fueling speculation he was a Russian spy. Okay, so in the early morning of December 1st, 1948, beachgoers at Somerton Beach, which is just south of Adelaide in Australia... They spotted a man sitting up against the seawall, and he had his legs crossed. And he was well-dressed, he was wearing a suit and tie, and so two guys walked over to him to try to wake him up, but they realized that he was dead. Okay, wait, I have a quick story about that. Oh, no. So, (laughs) (laughs) what could this possibly be? (laughs) My aunt was a... um, what do they call it? Like an air stewardess? What do you, a flight attendant? An air, um, yeah, an an air, air stewardess. stewardess. She was a flight attendant and like in the 70s or whenever it was like cool to be a flight attendant. Yeah. And um, she thought there was an older gentleman who was asleep the entire flight. <gasps> oh, and no. then when the flight landed, it turned out that he was dead. Oh no. my God. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Oh. Anyways, God. continue. That's crazy. Ooh, the poor yeah. person sitting next to him. Oh, my God. I know. Well, th- he thought he was asleep the whole time. So it's not, I mean, only traumatic oh after in oh post. Oh, God. You just, you do like, hey, wake up. And he just like falls over. <laughs> oh, <laughs> He's no. Weekend at Bernie's thing. <laughs> yeah, <he's> wearing sunglasses. <laughs> uh, so these guys called the police. There was no visible sign of death, no struggling. There's nothing. And there was nothing on him to identify who he was. He had no ID on him. And even the tags of his clothing had been removed. That's weird. And yeah, he did not have a hat or a wallet, which was unusual for this time period because everyone in the 40s had their hat and wallet, you see? Mm. And an unlit (laughs) cigarette was found on the right collar of his coat. And no identification could even be made through dental records. Weird. So in his pockets, there was an unused train ticket from Adelaide to Henley Beach. And there was a bus ticket that may or may not have been used. There was a comb, a half-empty pack of juicy fruit gum, a pack of matches, and a pack of cigarettes that contained cigarettes from a different brand, like mismatched cigarettes were in this in this thing. Okay. And so later, while doing further examinations on the man, 
They found a secret tiny pocket that had been sewn into his pants. That's amazing. <laughs> and inside this pocket was a folded up piece of paper that looked to be from a book. And it had the phrase Tamam Shud written on it. T-A-M-A-M-S-H-U-D. And that is a phrase in Persian that means finished or like the end. Huh. And so this was quickly recognized as being the final words of a popular book at that time called The Rubiyat of Omar Khayyam. And it's a book of poems with the theme of like living your life to the fullest, no regrets. It's like this big, long YOLO poem of like... YOLO <laughs> poem. It was popular. YOLO <laughs> poem. It was popular in this time, like 1948. And so the police wanted to find the actual book it was ripped out of. So they asked the public if anyone had this book with the same exact font and this page ripped out. Oh. And a man actually came forward with a copy of the book that had the last page torn out. Whoa. And forensic scientists determined that it was, in fact, the page, the missing page from the book that was in this guy's pocket. There are different accounts of how this man came upon this book. One is that he found the book inside a random unlocked car, took it out of, but the other account is that he found it inside his car, from someone randomly throwing it inside when he left the windows on. Like one day he just came back to his car and he saw a book in the back seat just like thrown in there when he like the windows were rolled down. And he's like, huh, that's weird. That would weird me out if I came to my car and all of a sudden there was just a yeah. book in the back. Yeah. It'd be weird. Yeah, because you don't read. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't have a car. <laughs> like, who? Wait a minute. Is this? I can't read. What does this say? <laughs> Whose Prius is this? Whose car is this? Oh, well. (laughs) Well, it's mine now. You just have the keys that turn it on for some reason. So the book had some strange writing inside of it. It was five lines of letters, and it's possibly a code. As you can see, I've cracked some of the code. (laughs) The first line is, it's all capital letters, and it's, the first line, it says W-R-G-O-A-B-A-B-D. Did we put this in the in the any kind of machine? Not yet. Letter unscramble. Uh-oh. Oh, is that coming up or no? No, I haven't actually done. Okay, it. letter unscramble maker. Unscramble maker. W R Gabard. Okay, so Gabard. What does Gabard mean? Let's see. Does it use all the letters? That's what Shakespeare. Yeah, the Bard. Tulsi. Tulsi Gabard. Tulsi Gabbard. Gabbard. A variant spelling of Gabbard in Inland Sailing Barge, Dagoba, and Gabro. Dagoba. That's a Star Wars uh, <laughs> thing. Huh. Maybe I mean, it's it definitely Wars. probably true. Yeah. And that's why he was killed, because someone wanted the script. It was, uh, what's his face? Who wrote Star Wars? Who's that guy? M. Night Shyamalan. George Lucas. M. Night Shyamalan wrote Star Wars. <laughs> Um, okay, continue with the next. The please. second line is M L I A O I. And I've figured out what that is. What is that? If you unscramble that, it says the words Ali moi, meaning I'm Ali in French. <laughs> yeah. So, so it was you all think along. Of, think, of, think about that, folks. And Star Wars, um, the story was written by George, George Lucas, Lucas but the screenplay was Lawrence Kasdan and Lee Brackett. Just want to get that okay out there. Well, congrats to those men. Yeah, <laughs> per usual, congrats <laughs> to those men. Well, Lee is is a woman. Oh, oh. Well, who's the well. misogynist now? 
<laughs> Assuming Lee is a man's name. <laughs> That's like when you go to the it's doctor. L-E-I-G-H. Okay, well. You go to the doctor and someone's like, oh, yeah, what did he say? And you're like, actually, yeah. the doctor was a woman. That's, I never thought of that. I always say that. I'm like, well, what did the doc, what did he say? Oh yeah. God. Uh, well, or there's this thing where you go, oh, um, a kid uh, goes, uh, oh, no. the, a, a kid gets in a, uh, <laughs> hold on. wait a minute, how does this I go? Do you know what I'm saying? on him, he's my son or whatever. Yeah. The doctor says, <laughs> they say this, this child's this child's father has been has been killed in a car accident and the doctor says but i can't operate on this child he's my son and it's like but i thought his dad died yeah exactly wow and it's not because the doctor's, the doctor's mom. the mom and then you're like or it's his second dad because it's you know yeah, it's dad. second dad <laughs> You know what's fucked up is that in Martin's, his show Connecting, one of the actors, the characters is a doctor and all the screenshots, they show her wearing like, you know, doctor scrubs or whatever in all the reviews. It's like, and then there's a nurse who da da da, like they referred to her as a nurse. No, no review oh said my doctor. God. That's yeah. wild. Well, were the reviews written by you, Melissa? Because you're the one that seems I, to think that women yes, can't write screenplays. I wrote all the reviews. <laughs> <laughs> okay so back to this code then the she's one, a receptionist yeah um, <laughs> dare you um also just so everyone knows those letters also spell out aioli like a garlic aioli oh delicious awesome yeah okay cool. continue the third line of code i don't think this spells anything it's w t b i m p a n e t p ambient patient Pembina. Pembina. The third, fourth line of letters is M-L-I-A-B-O-A-I-A-Q-C. That doesn't spell anything. I'm so sorry. How do you know? Hold on. Let's see. I love this website. (laughs) Mayolika. Mayolika. Let's see what that is. But is there a B in there? It doesn't use all the letters, though. Oh, is tin glaze pottery decorated in colors on a white background? No, it doesn't use oh. all. It doesn't. It's only eight words. Hmm. They can only do it with eight words. And then the fifth line, I-T-T-M-T-S-A-M-S-T-G-A-B. <gasps> what? <coughs> Stigmata. <gasps> no. no. I have chills. Stigmata. Yes. Whoa. Stigmata. <laughs> Let's just well, keep we, that in our back pocket. We'll, yeah, let's save that for later. <laughs> okay. So people have claimed to be close to solving all these codes, but the message was never decoded due to how short it was. Huh. And there was too much room for error to provide a definitive answer. And future analysis suggests that it's more likely to be an acrostic. So the first letters, oh, is that? First letters of oh. a text or a poem. Possibly as like a mnemonic aid for remembering it. Like W stands for this, oh, R stands right. for this, G stands for, yeah. Like when you um, are learning the um, uh, don't forget my dear Aunt Sally. Mm-hmm. And those are like the notes of the of the music or something, right? I think that's something in math. I think that's like division. Um, oh, yeah. Divide. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget my Aunt Sally. Oh, don't it's forget no my way. Dear Aunt- no, it is. It is. <laughs> 
It's please forgive my dear Aunt Sally. No, it's, is that what it is? <laughs> Don't forget <laughs> my dad's Aunt Sally. <laughs> what is it? It's please forgive, right? Please, please excuse my dear Aunt Sally. Uh, plus. <laughs> uh, it's parentheses, exponents, multiply, divide, add, subtract. Oh, I've, I've never heard that. I have never heard that. I don't know why I was trying to forgive anyone. Please don't mind my dead Aunt Sally. Yeah. Yeah, my... Don't mind her. She's dead. I don't know why. It's totally not that funny. I don't know why I'm crying. <laughs> okay, so the... It's never solved. Uh, okay, so then there's a suitcase found on January 14th. <laughs> 1949, a month after the body was found, a suitcase was found in a coat room at a train station in Adelaide where it had been dropped off November 30th, one day before the Somerton man was found. That's tomorrow. (gasps) What? Crazy. Weird. Crazy. Weird. Uh, it's November 3rd, a day before he was found, so all identification had been removed from the suitcase. <laughs> what is it's so funny? Dead ass. <laughs> I don't know. What? <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? laughing it's at funny. it's not funny at all <laughs> i don't know why it's making me crack oh, out and Sally. <laughs> like imagine teaching that to kids <laughs> i don't know why that's so funny <laughs> okay i gotta take a drink okay. of water <laughs> oh i haven't had the giggles in so long <laughs> oh boy <laughs> Uh, okay, so all identification had been removed from the suitcase. Police believe the suitcase belonged to this guy. Uh, inside was a bunch of weird things. There was a dressing gown, a red felt Whoa. pair of slippers, four pairs of underwear, pajamas, shaving items, a light brown pair of trousers with sand in the cuffs, Huh? a screwdriver... A pair of scissors with sharpened points and a stenciling brush. Wow. Also in the suitcase was a type of waxed threaded cord of the same type used to repair the lining in the dead man's pants. So it's the same type of thread. Um, And oddly enough, this thread was not available in Australia at the time. So he probably got it like overseas or something. Also weird is that the receipt for checking this bag was not found in the pocket of the dead man's coat. So he would have had the receipt if he was planning on picking up the suitcase. So where's the receipt for the suitcase? How is he supposed to go back there and get it? That's missing. Seems like maybe it was like a handoff or something Mm -hmm. like that. Like he was leaving it for someone. Then there was the autopsy. So this guy was approximately mid-40s. His hands and nails showed no signs of manual labor. Hot. And his... Yeah, hot. (laughs) And his big and little toes met in a wedge shape described by being characteristic of a ballet dancer. And he also had well-developed calf muscles you would expect from a professional dancer. Interesting. So he thought he was like a ballet dancer. 
and there was blood mixed with food in the stomach, and the spleen was large. Can I interject? Yes. If he was not to be, uh, not to stereotype, but if he was a ballet dancer, he probably had to keep it a certain weight, and maybe he had bulimia, and maybe that called, caused ulcers, and maybe that called uh, caused bleeding in his stomach. That's uh, possible. Good detective work, Allie. Good detective work. Thanks, He had acute gastritis, hemorrhage, and congestion to the brain. And his last meal was a pastry of meat and potatoes, but there were no detections of poisons. And even though poisoning was not detected, it was still believed that the man had been poisoned. Like, that's a lot of theories when a lot of people think he was poisoned with, like, this undetectable type of poison. The night before this body was discovered, it was reported that someone resembling the man had been seen sitting in the same spot. And a few more witnesses saw the man that night, one of them thinking that he must be drunk and sleeping it off because he was not reacting to the mosquitoes. Mm. And this was between 7 and 8 p.m. And his shoes had been recently polished and in remarkably good condition, considering that people thought this man had been wandering around town on foot most of the day before his death. And so this led investigating pathologist John Burton to come to the conclusion that the Somerton man had been carried to his final resting place. Oh, shit. Yeah, so that's an interesting theory. Okay, so back to this this Rubiette book. A phone number was also written in the back of this book, the one that had the page torn out. And it was a local number X3239, which turned out to be the phone number of a local nurse named Jessica Ellen Thompson. I think you mean doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we don't know. The internet says she was a nurse, but I mean, who knows at this point? Yeah, they would. would. Uh, She was living at Mosley Street, which is very close to the Somerton Beach. She had a three-year-old son, and she said she was married to a guy named Prosper Thompson. But no record could be found of that. That sounds like a fake name. Prosper Thompson. So the police questioned her and asked why her number would be written in the back of this book. And she said that she had given a copy of this book to a man called Alfred Boxall, who she had a fling with in Sydney in 1944 while she was training to be a nurse. And so the police also took her to show her the plaster cast bust of the dead man. Before they buried him, they made a plaster like cast of his face, and she claimed to not know him. But people who were there in the room when they showed her this bust said she was, quote, completely taken aback to the point of giving the appearance that she was about to faint. And oh. that and obviously that would only know and that would only happen if she knew the man. Like someone in the room was like, Oh no, she saw the plaster cast and was like horrified. Oh, shit. And she also asked the police to not keep a record of her real name and not to publish her identity because as a young mother, she doesn't want to be linked to it. And the police agreed to, like, keep her a secret. I wonder if those plaster casts are the ones that, like, Maria looks at online. No, It seems like, and to be honest, like, it makes sense that you'd faint if you saw one of those in person. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. They're those, like, horrifying. weird blobs of clay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the police decided that the Somerton man was probably this Alfred Boxall guy that she had given the book to. However, the Boxall guy quickly proved he was alive, so he wasn't the guy. And also, he had his own copy of the Rubiette, the one given to him by Jessica. So she, he had this book already. And so one unusual feature of Alfred Boxall's copy of the Rubiette is that the nurse had apparently signed it Justin, 
So apparently that was her nickname while she was nursing. It was Tina. So it was like a combination of Jessica and Tina. Well, was it like Justine? Je- it was spelled J-E-S-T-Y-N. Hmm. And also the police found out that Alfred had worked in intelligence. So they were kind of thinking that the Somerton man could possibly work as a spy. And we'll get we'll get into that a little later. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Three years before the Somerton man was found in 1945, a guy named Joseph Marshall from Singapore was found dead in Sydney, and it was ruled a suicide by poisoning. Can we pause for one second? Uh oh, what's happening? What's going on, Allie? Allie, are, are you, you okay? Yourself? You're like closing that door. Yeah, you're like closing that door like you're running from someone. <laughs> no, it's just the TaskRabbit guy is like um, is setting stuff up on the front porch. But I was just looking at my Nest camera and I like couldn't see him. And I was like, what's going on? Allie, he's right behind you. <laughs> Allie, Allie, Allie. <laughs> but he's just outside the view. Oh, now I can see him. I love, sorry to go on, sorry to digress. I'll stop right now. But like these, ca- these, 
this thing is so fun. Oh, I have nest. I have a couple. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. And I just watch all of my cats like just like sit in the corner. I yeah. just watch them all day long. Oh, that does it is so fun. fun sometimes to just like look at this and just be like, I mean, nothing ever happens. Yeah, but, like, nothing I ever like happens. I catch but a it's ghost fun. or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm really like, oh, possum. Except for that time uh, someone was stealing your car, <laughs> Melissa. There's a yeah. Oh, yeah, the one guy got into my car. <laughs> that, yeah, that's that a was big crazy. Deal. I forgot to lock my car. And this guy just like waltzes over there and sits in it for like five minutes. <laughs> Sorry, I continue. Uh, so this guy from Singapore was found dead. With him was a copy of the Rubiat, his book. Whoa. And during the inquest, a woman named Gwyneth testified. But then two weeks later, she was found dead. And her wrists were slit and she was lying face down and naked. So like, what's up with this book? Is it like the ring? Well, it's weird that one of those letters spelled out stigmata. Oh. It's like it's cursed. Yeah. So like maybe this book was being used by spies to communicate. Mm. Then there's this guy named Jerry Feltis. He's a retired detective. He wrote a book about this case and he interviewed Jessica Ellen Thompson, the nurse, in 2002. And in the book, he said that she was being evasive and she just didn't want to talk about the case. And Jerry said he got the feeling that Jessica did know who this Somerton man was. And she also said she was married, but there was no record of it, so she could be lying. So we don't know. And so Jessica eventually died in 2005. And then in a 2013 interview for the Australian 60 Minutes, Jessica's daughter Kate said that her mother told her that she did know who the Somerton man was, but had deliberately not revealed it to the police. And she also revealed that her mother was able to speak Russian. And she suggested that her mother may have been involved in some spy-related activity. Because this is at the height of the Cold War. Yes, it was 1948. I only know that because I just read it on the internet. So she also (laughs) hinted that the truth was known by people higher than the police force. (laughs) Peepers higher than the police force. So perhaps something went wrong and this nurse poisoned the Somerton man. Using an undetectable poison, maybe? I'm sure spies have that stuff. Oh, absolutely. So then the University of Adelaide professor Derek Abbott had been trying to solve this mystery for more than a decade. He believed that Jessica's son, Robin Thompson, was actually the Somerton man's son. Huh. And so Robert Robin was an American who went on to perform with the Australian Ballet... Oh. And Royal New Zealand Ballet before he died in 2009. So remember the autopsy okay. showed that the Somerton man had feet and calves shaped like a dancer's. So Derek contacted uh, Robin's ex-wife, Roma, to ask if she knew any dancers who looked like the Somerton man. And she said, yeah, actually, this guy looks exactly like my ex-husband, Robin. Whoa. So in 2010, Derek went to Brisbane Brisbane to visit Roma, who's Robin's ex-wife. And then when he got there, he also met Roma and Robin's daughter, Rachel. Okay, this is like a lot of names in this paragraph, but I'm following. <laughs> so Derek, Derek's the professor. So Derek okay. and Rachel hit it off and went out to dinner. And that night, Derek proposed to Rachel and she accepted. So, so Robin is the son of the nurse Jessica and possibly the Somerton man. Oh, wow. Robin okay. was married to... Robin died in 2009. He was a ballet dancer. He died. His wife, Roma, met up with Derek because he was, like, thinking that this is connected. And her daughter, Rachel, and Derek, like, hit it off. Oh, my God. He proposed the same day 
they met. Whoa. And she accepted. And I can't even get a text back. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and like I found a, a weird quote from Rachel about the first time she met this professor. What was it? She said, he wanted to look at my ears and teeth. He was also after my DNA. It's probably the first request I've had from a man to do that. People have said that possibly Derek married me for my DNA. And I think there is some truth to that. Excuse you? What does that even mean? Because she's, she's the Somerton man's granddaughter, apparently, most likely. Wow. So he just wanted like a little like he wanted to have a, like a little Petri dish at his disposal so he could just pluck hairs from her head whenever he needed. So, and they're still married with and they have three children. Wow. It's crazy. Ew, that's so creepy. Yeah, it's crazy. Like you're investigating this whole case and you like meet one of the relatives and you marry them. It's so weird. Now with modern DNA testing, Derek Abbott who wants to exhume the body of the Somerton man to test some DNA to finally put this mystery to rest. And in 2019, South Australian Attorney General Vicky Chapman agreed to let the Somerton man's body be exhumed by Derek, but he has to pay the fee of $20,000. And so he hasn't gotten that yet. I think he's like trying to raise the money. That's crazy that they let a woman be Attorney General. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Yeah. I think they mean paralegal. Yeah. <laughs> She's probably like the assistant to the attorney general. Yeah. Yeah. So some theories. So he was a spy, perhaps. So at least yeah. two areas relatively close to Adelaide were of interest to spies. There was the Radium Hill Uranium Mine and the mm. Woomera Test Range, mm. which is a military research facility. And so the Somerton's man's death coincided with the reorganization of Australian security agencies in which they founded the Australian Security Intelligence Organization. So his death happened right as they were like doing this. Weird. And this would be followed by a crackdown on Soviet espionage in Australia, which was revealed through intercepts of Soviet communications. So they were like cracking down on all their spies in Australia. Huh. So that's that's interesting. So or he was part of a secret spy agency that no one knew about. And they were communicating by writing secret codes in the back of the Rubiat. That which sounds like kind of what I think, because what are the no one has yeah. ever figured out those codes. I feel like someone would like someone would have fessed up to it by now, especially since it was so long ago. They would the FBI would have been like, oh, he was ours. Right. And so Derek Abbott said he believes that the nurse, Jessica, a.k.a. Justin, knew the Somerton man and was responsible for removing his identity after he died. Oh. Like, maybe he died and she was part, she was a spy, so she had to go there, take all of his, like, his wallet, his credit, his ID or whatever out of his body so they couldn't identify him. Because she lived really close to where he was found. Do you know that song, The Muffin Man? Do you know The Muffin Man? I keep thinking, do you know the Somerset man, the Somerset man, the Somerset man? Do you know the Somerset man? He was fed, found dead at the beach. That's good. That's good. <laughs> it's Somerton. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, except one little change. Almost. Almost, Almost. Almost got it. Okay, continue. <laughs> so then in 2004, a retired detective, Jerry Feltis, suggested in a Sunday Mail article that the final line of code, the I-T-T-M-T-S-A-M-S-T-G-A-B, could stand for the initials of 
It's time to move to South Australia Mosley Street. Mosley Street is where the nurse Jessica lived. Holy it's time Toledo. to move to South Australia Mosley Street. But why would the code be that long? Why wouldn't you just write MS? Like you don't have to say like it's time to move to but like <laughs> it's time to move to that street oh, named Mosley. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems like a lot. And then there's the theory of poisoning. Mm. So, in 1994, the case was reviewed by Chief Justice of Victoria and Chairman of the Victorian Institute of Forensic Medicine. And they said there seems little doubt that it was digitalis. Huh. Which is dot which is diga diga <laughs> digoxytoxicity. Oh what? Oh my god. Have you had that? And no, that would be that wouldn't be that surprising though. But one of these I can't, oh my God, now I wish I remembered which one it was. One of these uh, scrambled words, I mean, someone would have guessed this already, so I'm probably wrong, but it spelled out some sort of weird plant. And now this is talking about some plant that oh that you can make into a poison. Oh my God. Yeah, what, di- digoxin one? or digoxin, D-I-G-O-X-I-N, toxicity, uh, is a type of poisoning that occurs in people who take too much of the medication did digoxin or eat plants such as foxglove that contain a similar substance what's a foxglove plant those are very dangerous to animals yeah they always say don't have foxglove in your yard if you have dogs so the w-t-b-i-m-p-a-n-e-t-p was one of the words so and that unscrambles to pembina which isn't all of the letters but it's some of them and it says Pembina is an Algonquin term for a species of verburnum, the low bush cranberry or squashberry berry, verburnum edule. <laughs> okay. So let's see. Is it poisonous? Verburnum, foxglove, and raspberry. Um, maybe they're maybe they're of the same family because right. all of these digitalis is about twenty species of perennials, shrubs, and biennials. And I think that includes verbunum. So not as dumb as y'all think. <laughs> huh? So the symptoms of this poisoning can include vomiting, loss of appetite, blurred vision, decreased energy. And a lot of the symptoms look like they can be conf- confused with someone who might be drunk. Mm. Remember those people are like, oh, we saw a drunk man the night before. And food poisoning kind of, it seems like. Oh, yeah. And then another theory is suicide. But the thing is, is that his shoes were recently uh, shined. Well, here's how that comes into play. So, okay. Perhaps if this Robin guy is his son, he had a baby with Jessica who wanted nothing to do with him. And so he was heartbroken. And this book, The Rubiat, was a popular Valentine's Day gift in that year. So maybe he traveled to Jessica's house, wanting to surprise her, left his suitcase at the station, went to her house and was like, I want to be with you. Like, let's raise our son together. And she was like, no, I'm good. So then he ripped out the last page of the book, flung the book into a random car and killed himself on the beach. That's actually not improbable and that's why like his shoes were shined but why did his pants that were in the locker have sand in them because he changed his pants he put on fresh new clothes shined his shoes 
had a comb in his pocket. So he was like a beach guy. He like went to the beach a Perhaps. lot. Maybe he was staying and then by he, the beach. He put his suitcase in storage was like i'm gonna go to jessica's house i'm gonna talk to her that seems crazy though to not bring your suitcase because wouldn't you be like i want to move i want this i want to be with you you'd have your suitcase there yeah but maybe not maybe not i don't know or maybe he was like let's go to the train station i bought us tickets to because he had a train ticket in his pocket (laughs) to hawaii (laughs) a train ticket to hawaii in his pocket (laughs) he had a train ticket to adelaide (laughs) And his pocket, they don't know if it was used or not, or a bus ticket. So, like, I don't, that theory, I mean, I don't hate that theory. I don't, I actually feel like it's a bit of the most probable theory, to be honest. Oh, yeah. So, and he ripped out the last page of the book and was like, fuck this, my life's over. And like, took that last page of the book and like put it in his secret pocket. Then what are the codes? It was maybe like, he was just having a little fun. <laughs> yeah that's that's where like i don't that's where like you can't maybe he was playing that. scrabble was scrabble was scrabble invented yet mm. i think that he was a spy and he also did have a relationship with this jessica woman wow so now we're merging two theories. i think i just think he was heart i think he was heartbroken and playing scrabble at the beach and then like <laughs> as one does and then maybe he just like croaked of a broken heart yeah he's like i can't figure out He's like, XI is a word, I swear. No one believes me. Oh, didn't he say, didn't they say his brain was messed up? Like maybe his brain exploded because he (laughs) couldn't figure out the Scrabble word and then he just died. You know, that's a possibility. I should post that on the Reddit thread (laughs) and then see what people think. He'll get banned from Reddit. (laughs) (laughs) So he was buried uh, in 1949 and years after, flowers began to appear on his grave, placed by an unknown person. Oh, I thought you meant they sprouted from the ground. <laughs> oh, like he... What if it was all... What if they were like the poisonous <gasps> plant? Like the, the fox the, ver- the whatever. <laughs> the yeah, the fox glove. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> I don't know. I think he was a spy because he died at the same time that like the Soviets were cracking down on like Australians. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's pretty crazy, man. Well, do you know the Somerset man? But he wants to exhume his body because there's still probably some DNA. But what does he want to know at this? What does he want to know at this point? He wants to know if this guy Robin is his son and if he's married to Rachel, who is his granddaughter. Like that would put the case to rest, I guess. What is this? The show Friends? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Rachel. Yeah, Robin. Yeah, Derek. Yeah, Ross. (laughs) So, Melissa, if anyone wants to, like, give their own theories or has their own theories or has their own version of the uh, Summerton Man song that they want to <laughs> send to us, uh, where can people reach us? You can email us at webcrawlerspod at gmail.com. Awesome. Well, another great episode in the <laughs> books. And don't forget, we are having our sale up until Christmas and there's Christmas ornaments that Melissa made. Um, yes, the they're Yeti so cute. With the, it's a Christmas tree. The classic, the classic uh, Christmas tree on that the Christmas has. tree ornaments. Yeah, it's very meta. Um, alrighty, well, I am Allie, secret pocket seagull. Ooh, I am Melissa. Probably a <laughs> don't forget your dead aunt Sally. <laughs> don't forget your your dead aunt Sally Stutton. <laughs> And I'm Maria Brain Explosion (laughs) Blasucci. Always said that. All right. Bye. Bye.
powered by ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 